Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. You can take your Bibles this morning. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 2. And several other scriptures we will intermingle in with the story we're talking about today, and it's the story of peace. Peace is at the heart of Christmas. Peace is the hope of Christmas. Peace is what men and women around the world are searching for today. It seems that anytime you listen to a newsreel, it's about disrest. It's about war. It's about divisiveness. There is no peace to be found anywhere in our world. Yet the scripture tells us the precise reason Jesus came was to bring peace to all men. So there's obviously a disconnect between the promise of God and the coming of Christ and what we're seeing around us today. And to be honest, that's been true from the beginning of mankind. When Adam and Eve chose to disobey God and listen to the voice of the servant, serpent, pardon me, peace disappeared in the human heart. And it only can reappear when Jesus Christ becomes our Lord and our Savior. We look around us today and we see an absence of peace. We see rioting and violence and looting and protesting. And it's an amazing thing that's happening in our society right here in America. And we know the only solution is not more legislation. It's not more government handouts. It's not more proactive education. The only solution to the disrest and the lack of peace in the heart of mankind is Jesus Christ. And until we accept that and until we embrace that truth, we will always be surrounded by conflict, chaos, and turmoil. And it's only appropriate that the church of Jesus Christ be known as a church and a place of peace. A place where the peace of God that passes all understanding fills the hearts and the minds of those who follow him. And when we don't see that in the church, when we don't see that among his followers, it tells us there's something desperately wrong in the heart of that individual or the heart of that body. Because if we're truly followers of Christ, we walk in his peace. Now, I've got to be honest with you, there are times in my life when peace is elusive, especially when I'm watching Oklahoma State basketball where our grandson plays, and they're now three and four on the season. I want to change their motto from let's work to let's win. Peace is gone when I'm watching what's happening. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, help us. However, FSU fans are thrilled because you now have an undefeated season, a perfect record. Congratulations. Don't expect it in the future. Those things are fickle. They change. And our peace cannot be based upon that type of thing. Our peace can only be rooted and grounded in the person and the presence of Jesus Christ. Kind of reminds me of the wife who said to her husband, I really just want some peace and quiet while I cook dinner. He said, no problem, honey. I'll take the battery out of the smoke alarm. Yeah, some of you will get that next week. 
When we read the story in Luke chapter 2 of the coming of Jesus Christ, we recognize that peace is offered to everyone. Not just to those shepherds in the field that night, not just to those who were witnesses to the coming of the Christ child, but to everyone from that moment forward, peace is offered through Jesus Christ. And that's really good news for a world that's in turmoil. You can read back in the Old Testament, Isaiah prophesied peace would come through him in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, when he said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. He went on to say it in Isaiah 26, 3. He said, you, speaking of God, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. He gives us the formula right there to live in peace. And it's very simple, keep our mind focused on God. Keep our trust grounded in Him. Don't look to the left or to the right, but always look up because our help comes from the Lord. Jesus even said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Very appropriate words for a contemporary society. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And then we begin to realize that the reason for Jesus' birth was God desired to bring peace to the broken, to the dislocated, to those who are separated from him and actually enemies with him because of the sin that entered mankind through the Garden of Eden. I was reading the other day and I thought, you know what? It's too bad there weren't a bunch of Oklahoma rednecks, and I'm one, okay? Not a bunch of Oklahoma rednecks in the Garden of Eden. Because if that would have been the case, they would have killed and ate the snake and left the fruit alone. No vegetarians in Oklahoma rednecks. But we understand the message was to bring peace. And God chose an unlikely place and a very unlikely people to announce that message of peace. Look with me to two, Luke chapter 2. Beginning in verse 8, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, I like that, and suddenly. Here's the announcement, then and suddenly, here comes the choir. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Father, would you add your anointing to the preaching of your word today? Would you touch those who are separated from you by sin? Reconcile them through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ today and bring peace into their life. Would you speak into those both in this room and those who are joining us online? 
those who watch today and in the future, those who are in conflict, who are in turmoil, whose relationships have gone awry, who have no peace because of a diagnosis, who have no peace because of financial issues and problems. Lord, would you speak to every one of those today and remind them you are our peace. And through you, we find everything that we need to live in peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Shepherds in the first century, the group of people that God chose to announce the birth of Jesus Christ to were actually pretty despised, looked down upon. These dudes lived out in the countryside. They didn't shower. They had no personal hygiene. They smelled like sheep. And if you've ever been around a sheep, they stink pretty bad. They smelled like sheep. They were overlooked. They were forgotten. They were not accepted in society. But it's amazing, it's to this group of people that God chose to reveal the birth of Jesus Christ. And I think that he did so to show each and every one of us alive today that no matter where you're at, what you're doing, what your position may be, whether you're wealthy or whether you're poor, whether you're employed or unemployed, whether you're married or divorced, whether you're happy or you're sad, no matter your position, there is peace through Jesus Christ. He is the peace that God is bringing to all mankind. And by that, he's saying one statement, the peace of God is for everyone. Everyone. None excluded to anyone who avails themselves to the power in his name and the repentance that comes through him. The angels had to tell the shepherds, hey, uh, don't be afraid. Don't worry about what you're seeing and experiencing. It's all good. These dudes were terrified. Now think about it. There were guys that fought bears and lions and all types of predators to protect their sheep. But in this point, they were terrified. They had never seen anything like this, and they didn't know what to make of it. And then the angel of the Lord told them, go find the babe. You'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger in the city of Bethlehem. Isn't it interesting that God chose to reveal to the shepherds the birth of Christ, and the birth of Christ took place in a place where the shepherds would be comfortable? It wasn't in a palace. It wasn't in the Sanhedrin. It wasn't in the house of a wealthy person. It was in a stable, a barn filled with livestock a place where this particular group of people would feel comfortable going into. May I tell you today that when you come to the presence of God, he only desires one thing, and that's for you to know he loves you, he cares for you, he cares about you, and he wants you to be at peace. And when we come to that place, it becomes a place of comfort to us. Most people, many people, may say it this way, Stay away from church or out of church because they've had a bad experience that didn't bring comfort to their lives. But when we come to the presence of the true and living God, we should be comforted by who he is and what he's done for us. I'm just amazed that God chose to reveal this great news to shepherds and then he chose to cause the birth to be happening in a barn, a stable. It's an amazing thing. It tells us the peace of God is for all people. 
In a recent survey, we learned that nearly one-third of all the people who were surveyed, when they talked about who they identify most in the Christmas story, one-third identified with the shepherds. Is that amazing? Tells me that one-third feel themselves downcast, forsaken, not worthy. But I've come to tell you today our worthiness isn't through ourselves, our own works, our own deeds. Our worthiness comes through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Our worthiness comes because we know him. And because we know him, we can come to the presence of a most high God. The shepherds were normal, average, ordinary people, yet they were invited to the birth of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's an amazing thing. God could have announced the arrival to kings, to rulers. He could have announced it to Jewish leaders, religious leaders, but he didn't. He announced it to the poor, the forgotten. And it's good news because if God's favor is extended to the shepherds, then it's extended to you and me as well. Doesn't matter where we are from. Doesn't matter if you're an oaky or if you're a very sophisticated Southerner. It just doesn't matter. It's extended to each and every one of us. See, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that peace is the greatest need in the world. Yet from the time sin entered the world, all of creation from that moment forward has been at odds, at war, enemies with God. Romans 5 verse 10, Paul wrote, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Hear me, we're enemies. And without Christ in our life, we remain enemies with God. That's what sin does to us. That's what sin causes within us. What's the remedy? Repentance. Repentance. Asking God to forgive us of our sin. And to turn away from that sin in order to follow him. Sin didn't just stop with Adam and Eve. It continues to be a conflict with us. Have you ever thought about it? The absence of peace that's caused by sin not only affects our relationship with God, it, reflects our, it affects our relationship with ourself. People who don't know the peace of God don't know peace within. Constant turmoil, chaos, strife, bickering, fighting begin to mark that person's life. And the only remedy is peace with God. Because until we know peace with God, we never know peace with ourselves. See, the great news is when we repent of our sins, when Jesus washes us in our blood, when we become sons and daughters of God, then our past, those things that cause us so much angst, those things that cause us so much discouragement and depression are put away from us, removed from us, cast as far as the east is from the west, buried in the sea of unforgetfulness. And oh, I love it best when it says he washes them away. Or oh, somebody hear me this morning. There is a remedy to your dilemma. And the remedy is the peace of Jesus Christ. The remedy is not another pill. The remedy is receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And until we know peace with God and peace with ourselves, 
will never know peace with others. Have you ever known anyone who, if they weren't in a fight, they were looking for a fight? Maybe that's because I grew up in Oklahoma. I don't know. I've known a lot of people that way. They were never happy unless they're in conflict. Unless they were fighting, arguing, bickering against someone else. If they're not in a fight, they're looking for a fight. That's a telling tale of the absence of the peace of God. And until we have peace with God, we will never have peace with ourselves or peace with others. That striving spirit, that spirit of anger. By the way, we see this being played full out in our nation and around the world. Anger, you need to realize this, anger when not properly handled and dealt with. Yes, it is an emotion. We all have it. But Paul said, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. What's he saying? When you're angry, deal with it properly. Watch your tongue and put it to rest. The problem is when we don't deal with anger properly, it turns to bitterness. Bitterness turns to hatred. Hatred opens the door for the spirit of murder and mayhem to enter your life and the spirit of suicide to enter your life. Oh, come on, somebody hear me. The remedy for the suicide rates in America is the peace of Jesus Christ. There is no other remedy. We're going to go to Montana again this summer and do a basketball camp for the Fort Belknap Reservation. And our only goal is to bring peace into the hearts of those native students. To let them see there is another way, there is an answer, there is hope through Jesus Christ, through his peace being given to us. We need to understand that Jesus' birth was such good news because it addresses the sin issue that causes distrust and chaos and confusion within our lives. It addresses the brokenness between us and God and provides a remedy and a way out. That's why Paul wrote to the church in Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 22. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Oh, let me say it again. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. How do you find peace? It's through the cross, friend. It's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It's by recognizing he died for your peace. And to bring resolution to the conflict that rages within you. Verse 21, and you who once were alienated and enemies. We've heard that twice now, Romans 5.10, and here Paul writes it again. We were enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. The writer of Hebrews tells us in chapter 6, I believe it's verse 14, that we should strive to live in peace and to be holy. They're tied together. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? And then that we learn that Jesus reconciles us to God. See, to understand peace, we have to go to that stable in Bethlehem. 
And we have to acknowledge and realize that Jesus Christ came born of a virgin, that he was born in an overlooked place. There was no room for him where humans should be. That he lived a sinless life and they died a substitutionary death on the cross. We have to accept the fact that the cradle led to the cross. That was God's plan. That was God's desire. The cradle leads to the cross. And if we can only go and bow at the cradle and never get to the cross, we will never find the peace that God has provided through Jesus Christ. We've got to move beyond a baby in a manger, folks. And I know we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, but I'm here to tell you, he is no longer a baby in a manger. He is the risen Lord and Savior. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for you and me. And you and I need to focus our attention upon the mighty God, the greatness of God, the wonder of God, the promise of God, the peace of God, the hope of God that's all contained in the man, Jesus Christ. We've got to move from the cradle to the cross. And we've got to recognize that Jesus Christ conquered that great enemy and brought us peace. Paul said it's the blood of Christ that makes peace between us and God. That Christ's sacrifice pays for the sin that we've committed and appeases God's anger towards our sin and destroys evil in our lives. Someone said just recently, how can you preach about a God who sends people to hell? And I had to say, I don't preach about a God who sends people to hell. I preach about a God who loves people, who gave his life for people, who made a way of escape from hell for people. But if we don't avail ourselves to that way of escape, then we will never know the hope of heaven. 78% of Americans believe in heaven. Did you realize that? 48% believe in hell. It's an interesting statement, isn't it? Everybody wants to go to heaven, right? We just don't want to get on the bus that's taken us there. And the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He is the only way to heaven. I'm talking to somebody today, and you need to know and understand that there are not many ways to God. There's one way to God. And that's through the man who was born in a manger, who died on a cross, who rose on the third day through Jesus Christ. There are not multiple ways to heaven. There's only one. And we have to understand that Jesus appeased, satisfied, stilled God's anger against our sin. And made us no longer enemies with God. Oh, but here's what I like. But friends with God. No longer alienated from God, but sons and daughter of the Most High. No longer on the outside of the family, but adopted into the family. Well, that should bring good news to each and every one of us today. Would we understand what a powerful thing it is? Tom, would you come back, please? See, when we receive the gift of forgiveness that's offered by Jesus Christ through repentance and faith in him, 
then we become friends of God. And he gives us the power to navigate the circumstances of life. You see, when we become children of God, when the peace of God begins to rule and reign in our hearts and in our lives, it doesn't mean we won't have any problems. Listen to me, it means your problems won't have you. Come on, let me say it again. It doesn't mean you won't have any problems, it means your problems won't have you. It means God gives you the ability to navigate through those problems of life and see his peace every single day. To say it another way, the peace of God does not mean the absence of conflict. It doesn't mean the absence of turmoil. It doesn't mean the absence of opposition. It doesn't mean that everybody's gonna like you. By the way, if you have a need for everybody to like you, that's not from God. Love the way you're shouting now. You're a people pleaser. And you can't please men and please God. Your only concern should be, is God approving of me? Not are men around me approving of me, but is God approving of me? We will still have circumstances that don't go our way. We may still lose jobs. We may still go through relationship difficulties. We may still have financial pressure. But when we understand the peace of God passes all understanding, it's given through the person of Jesus Christ, then we can stand in those difficult times and we can declare, it doesn't matter what's happening around me, it's what's happening in me that I'm concerned about. And my eyes are focused on the one who never fails, who never fails, who never disappoints, who always sees us through. See, God desires for us to make peace with him, first and foremost, with ourselves, putting our past behind us, having it forgiven, erased, washed away, and with others. And until we're living in that place where we can say, I'm at peace with God. My sins have been forgiven. They've been washed away, never again to be remembered against me or counted against me. Then when the enemy comes and he starts to remind you of your past, you can stand your ground and say, you got the wrong person. That's not me. That's all been gone, washed away, forgiven, buried, never again to be remembered against me. Then we can make peace with ourselves when we've made peace with God. Because he forgives us, we can forgive ourselves problem a lot of people have they won't forgive themselves do it today why do you hold on to that stuff that only destroys you why do you hold on to that stuff that only brings heartache to you when there's been a way provided to escape from it and that's through Jesus Christ make peace with God make peace with yourselves and make peace with others Jesus even told us that if you come to the altar with your gift and you remember someone has something against you, leave your gift at the altar, go find them, make peace with them, then come back and offer your gift. See, it's imperative that we're at peace with one another. I can't tell you the number of times through the years of pastoral ministry I've had to go to someone and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. I'm sorry. How they respond is up to them. It's not up to me, but 
It's my responsibility to make peace with others. It's your responsibility as well. It's amazing to me, people leave churches all the time because they hear something or someone says something and they get offended. May I tell you that when you're walking in the peace of God, you don't get easily offended. Love the way you're shouting now. Come on, put on your big boy pants. Grow up in Jesus Christ. Walk in his peace. Be confident of who he is, what he has done, who you are in him, and how you can live in relationship with those around you because of his peace. peace of God calms our fears. The peace of God steadies our hearts. And one day, we're going to see the Savior who came as a babe in a manger and died on a cross and rose the third day, ruling and reigning over the planet. And at that point, we know He is our peace. He has broken down every wall. He is our peace. His peace covers our past, meets us in our present, and brings promise for our future. Stand your, with, stand your feet with me today across this room. He is our peace. He is our peace. As you're standing this morning, if you're in this room today and you say, I need to make peace with God, then as people begin to respond in just a moment, I want you to come. Stand right over here on my left, your right, the end of that aisle. And I'm going to pray with you specifically. If you're in this place today and you say, I need to make peace with myself. There are things that have bothered me, that have plagued me, that have affected the entirety of my life. I need to make peace with myself. And as Tom begins to sing, you step out and come. And maybe you're in the situation today where you say, Pastor, I'm dealing with some stuff that's threatening to rob my peace. Circumstances or people threatening to rob my peace. Then as Tom sings, you step out and come. We're going to pray for you. If you have a need in your physical body that's threatening to rob your peace, step out and come. We're going to pray for you. Because our God is the God of peace. And he wants to make peace between you and him, peace with yourself, and peace with others. Tom, would you begin to sing? You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church, on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.